Hello and welcome to Who Are You, a Babylon 5 watchcast hosted by two friends who have gotten to know each other over the last year, hey, uh, while re-watching one of their favorite shows from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafer. And I'm Laura. And this is it. One year. We've been releasing episodes for a year. It's episode 50, and because we take a two-week break at, between the seasons, this happens to be one year. Yeah, completely unplanned based off the number of episodes and other stuff we've done. But hey, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm excited. It lines up perfect. Yeah, it's hard to believe. It's a year of releasing episodes already and a, a year and a half some of recording and getting to know each other. But that's mm -hmm. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's been that long. <laughs> it doesn't, but the pandemic has really made time not matter at all. That's true. So, that's very true. <laughs> I feel like, well, one, your your bio like biologically, your experience of time shortens as you get older due to a hormone in your brain. This is a real thing. You can Google it. Well, this makes a lot of sense, though. <laughs> the older you get, the less of this hormone that it changes how you experience time your brain produces, which means time feels like it's progressing faster. So that, I just feel like, has been exacerbated by the pandemic 100%. Yeah, for sure. Like, maybe we're all our brains are operating differently. Yeah. <laughs> Although apparently this is also a hormone that eventually you'll be able to take. <laughs> I don't know that I want to make things feel longer. <laughs> yeah. Remember how car rides always sucked when you were a kid and they yes. don't seem that bad now? I was That's just thinking about it. that. The, the car rides and then like just everything as a kid felt like it took a long time. Yes. This is the reason. Yeah. Like waiting for Christmas. Remember that? Or like oh. waiting for your birthday, something like that. <laughs> Just waiting in general. I feel yeah. like I don't have any time to wait. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I need that hormone replacement. We'll see. Maybe a little bit. I might take a little bit. Like if you can get me back to how time felt when I was like seventeen, here for <laughs> it. I don't want it when I was six though. That's too exactly. Much. Yeah. Well, let's hope that this episode doesn't feel super long oh what a good segue <laughs> but before we well we we don't have an episode to talk about we've got the season recap to talk about but we do have to rate last week's episode because we totally forgot to do it we just went off the air forgot to rate it we sure did <laughs> and i don't even have one in my notes i'm, I'm guessing you you may or may not i don't know if, but if we both didn't that totally explains why we just skipped over it yeah i i didn't put a rating in my notes it's true I think yeah. that we both kind of got into talking about how important and enjoyable it was, right? Yes. So I think that kind of lends itself to one of our higher ratings, obviously. Oh, 100%. They killed Kiefer, so it's a five out of five for me. Bevel <laughs> <laughs> of Five Season Ender, I think, is usually a five out of five. Like, you get some good... They pull out all the stops. Yeah, you get the meat, you get... A cliffhanger ending, which we certainly got with season one and, you know, the death of the president. And here yeah. we get with Warren Kiefer's footage of, mm -hmm. you know, the shadow ship that he sought out and died for. I don't know that there's a bad season finale in Babylon 5, which I know is a bit controversial because there's a lot of people who don't like season four's finale, which I won't talk about at all because spoilies if you happen right. to be listening along but it is weird and different and there's a very specific reason for that that i will discuss when we get there right in a year something but i like that episode and yeah. the season five finale is fantastic the season three finale i actually don't remember anything about at this moment but i'm gonna assume it's good and if i'm yeah, proven wrong in six months 
We'll figure it out then. <laughs> That's where you leave them wanting more. Right? Oh, great episode. It's a five out of five. So, you know, five out of five for me. All right. Now that we've appeased the people who, should we ever get enough listeners to warrant a wiki that they keep track of these things? <laughs> That's very optimistic. <laughs> it's it's unrealistically optimistic. But okay. hey, we have a lot of fun. Also, this is a anniversary. Also, we just hit 10,000 listens. Mm. I don't think I told you that yet. That happened a couple days ago. Hooray! Thank you, 10,000 listeners. Well, 10, not listeners. listens. But... It's crazy. There's probably one person sitting there just listening over and over. Constantly. It's Ben. (laughs) Thanks, Ben. We love you, Ben. (laughs) All right. So season two recap. We're going to follow pretty much the same format we did last time we did this. We're going to talk about themes. We have a couple of episode things we're going to talk about. And then we'll get into the who is the one. Where I will go back and forth asking each other questions about our favorite aspects of the season. Yeah. So themes. You want to start us off? Do you got something in mind? I have some theme ideas. You know, last last season we were we were laying a lot of groundwork, right? And mm-hmm. in season one, in season two, we built a lot on that foundation. And I think the things that we built biggest upon on that foundation of themes, for one, the shadows. We learned a lot more about the shadows. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw a lot more about their reach, their capabilities. Yeah. We saw a lot more actual shadow ships doing shadow ship stuff. And then we really built up the Centauri and Nern conflict in this mm-hmm. season. So we built the shadow involvement with Londo, Mr. Morden, and we got a lot about the Narn and just that what capabilities they don't have compared to the Centauri and, and their ability to stand against that shadow involvement was none. Yeah, And then the other big one for me was the whole xenophobia that we really established from Earthers in season one. Well, we Mm -hmm. expanded on some of that xenophobia and we also expanded on internal conflict. You know, we had our main characters, our our command staff getting involved in this kind of conspiracy against the conspiracy. We know that whatever happened to President Santiago in season one, that, that assassination was not an accident. You know, it was an actual assassination. Our main characters start uncovering some of that and we see the things that president clark is doing to change EarthGov and feeling our main characters rubbing against that what with the night watch the ministry of peace some of these things that show up in big ways in certain episodes so those are mm-hmm. the main themes that i feel like we really expanded on what about you jaffer sacrifice was a huge thing this season mm-hmm. and it's related to a lot of that it is the cost of victory yeah. Is really yeah. what we hear a lot of kind of foreshadowing about this season, knowing that difficult times are ahead. And it feels like difficult times are here. And they oh, are yeah. in a lot of ways. And for all of the like foreshadowing to be all like, oh, this hasn't even started yet is on purpose terrifying. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like, how much worse could it get? And for the answer from any kind of foreshadowy figure that we get this season to be, oh, you you don't even know (laughs) how bad it's going to be. So knowing that one of the big themes relates to a lot of that stuff. But I have one that I kind of picked out 
And I haven't really heard anyone say this about Babylon 5 yet. I have not listened to any of our friendly podcasts that we're friends with because I don't want them to color my opinion of things. Right. And I, d- I know that I will end up subconsciously cribbing something. Mm-hmm. So if this is in one of those, please tell me because I want to hear someone else's thoughts on this. But I think one of the big things is the unreliable narrator. And mm-hmm. I mean that in yeah. a couple of ways. I mean it in kind of the direct way, like how we see in and now for a word. Yeah, it's very obvious in that episode, isn't it? Yes. And I think the importance of that episode is the framework that lends it to other things, because so much of this season is about those in power lying to the people they are in power over. Mm -hmm. And we see it all over the place we get it early in the season with general franklin lying to his troops about the invasion they're about to commit yeah Mm -hmm. we see it the the lying and the denial of the issue in markab society leading to their extinction being the overall cost and i i think the importance of that episode in the overall framing is showing exactly where this path goes Mm -hmm. because we get so much of it with the ministry of peace and Nightwatch, and not being able to trust these people. And then also the Vorlons. We get a ton of it this season, where it's just like, these are the people that are supposed to lead us in the great conflict to come. They're our elder race, they're our shepherd. But also, surprise, they've been fucking with your society for thousands of years because they're angels. Yeah. (laughs) And also, they came to Earth in the 1800s, and the one dude they picked was Jack the Ripper. Right. (laughs) Who the fuck are they actually? Right. Yeah. They are unreliable. Everyone (laughs) in power in every source we see in this season is unreliable. And if they were reliable, they die like the Centauri Emperor. Yes. Rest in peace. Like President Santiago. Yes. They all get killed and all of these unreliable people find themselves in power at the same time. And it all coalesces at once this season. I hate to say it, but you know what this sounds like? It reminds me of it's very Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's that's a hundred percent fair comparison too. The good guys, you can't get too attached. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every, everyone who is good has died. Not well, mm-hmm. not entirely, but everyone who was right. good, who was in a position to stop the things that are coming, even Sinclair. Like obviously, mm-hmm. we know that that change was not made for plot reasons. Right. But that doesn't mean you can't go back and make that a plot thing, which mm-hmm. totally happens this season. Because we'll talk about it when we get to the some stuff later. But there's all kinds of things that Sinclair would have handled very differently. Yeah, for sure. And then it's just it's all there. It's all pointing towards this one thing. And I, I like I don't have a better term for it than unreliable narrator. I did not study story structure. <laughs> there might be um, like an official literary there might, yeah name. there might be a better term for it i'm sure there mm-hmm. is and i'm sure i will get a message from ben's wife who is a english teacher about <laughs> she's it. like the thing you're looking for is this. the term you wanted was this <laughs> and i'm all like thank you is what's gonna happen but it's it's all over the place this season and that's so important for what's coming for like season four like the midpoint of season four. It's so important. Yeah. Just put a pin in that. Just exactly. Keep, keep it handy guys. Yeah. Just keep it in the back of your mind. 
Okay, so we have some uh, viewer responses about season two that we're going to read, and then we'll talk about our favorite and least favorite episodes. So speaking of number one fan, Ben, he did send us a response. I feel like we're doing the podcast at you right now, Ben. (laughs) Other listeners, I want you to know we value every single one of you. (laughs) We sure do. A lot Um, of you we haven't met in person, though. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a standing hangout with many of you at my house on Wednesday to come watch wrestling and record another podcast. So (laughs) if we had that. (laughs) Possibility is always there. It's always there. Anyways, Ben sent us a lovely letter. Hello to the Londo and Jakar of Babylon 5 podcasting. (laughs) I don't know how to take that. For you, a compliment for me, an insult, knowing the source. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Moving on. As someone who started B5 with a little bit of foreknowledge due to being friends with Fair, season two was an interesting transition. With the start of the season, losing Commander Sinclair, who I had found myself really liking in season one and found myself really jarred when Sheridan arrived. Uh I'll be honest, it took me most of the season to warm up to him, which jarred with some of the established the show gets good when Sheridan shows up narrative I had Uh heard before starting. Um, My slow warming up to him aside, season two has some absolutely amazing storytelling. We get a really long downfall of Londo as we watch him make mistake after mistake. And unlike other villainous characters, we get to watch him get told he's making mistakes and he knows. We also get to watch Jakar and the Narn suffer the side effects of losing a war, completely unable to admit their incoming defeat and avoid the ramifications. We get the much-mocked, though I enjoyed it, Lieutenant Kiefer storyline peppered throughout the season, which I really think is the best of what B5 does, a story that could have filled the three-episode arc instead gets spread throughout the entirety of a season of television. We get several of the best episodes of the show during the season, and I it was really great going through it with the pod. Thank you for the great episodes, and onward to season three. Signed, the President Clark of Podcast Fans. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that either, Ben. <laughs> I think we need to start worrying about Ben meddling in our podcast affairs. Uh, he's President Clark. <laughs> that's fair. Okay. Uh, I got some feedback on the Discord as well. Yeah. Do share. Shellock, a friend of the podcast, sent in, I hope this is not too late. I totally see why JMS resented and did not use Kiefer. But I imagine a world where he embarrassed a squad leader to not always have Garibaldi, Sinclair, Ivanova, or Sheridan lead the Star Furies, and there was some good story left on the table. Otherwise, I'm really enjoying the pod and the perspective. It's scary how relevant some of the plot lines are today, and even more so given when they aired, be it pandemics or radical parties taking over the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, season break movie that is a wacky parody, Star Wrecked. Also oh. excited for season three theme best theme ever i agree i can't wait symbolic vorlon also sent us some feedback season two has my go-to episode of b5 if i'm only going to watch one episode the poorly named they're all the honor lies has a plot (laughs) i enjoy and some of my favorite comedy bits season two strikes me as the season of failure Kosh is forced to reveal himself before he wants to. Sheridan keeps hoping that finding proof that Clark had Santiago killed will somehow stop the fascist takeover of Earth. Zack joins Nightwatch. No one figures out how to save the Prakari. Everything about Talia. Even the successes or failures, Lando gets to bomb the Narns back to the Stone Age, but he's more horrified than happy. The biggest step forward in the Shadow War is Kiefer getting himself killed and his recording picked up by ISN, revealing Mm -hmm. the Shadow Ships, something Delenn was quite insistent would be a bad thing. 
It's not my favorite season, but it is a lot of my favorite bits. Even though the acting is better, I still miss Sinclair. Sheridan may be a soldier, but Sinclair seemed to have a lot more wisdom. Why hasn't Ivanova quit yet? She's like the Rodney Dangerfield and Jabberjaw the shark. She gets no respect. Yeah. For real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great thoughts. Great thoughts. Okay, so I did ask our editor to throw in some thoughts because he's always behind the scenes and doesn't get to comment except through drops <laughs> on our <laughs> on our episodes or on uh, the show. And his thoughts were that Andreas should have won an Emmy for season two. You know, he does 100%. an amazing, yeah, he does an amazing job of portraying the elder statesman who's led his people through one revolution slash resistance, and now he's going to have to do it again. And the Coming of Shadows was an amazing piece of writing that works very well, even if you haven't seen the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about that on that episode, that you could kind of drop in. And everything that goes down in that episode is very compelling and makes you want to know more. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks everyone for the feedback. As always, we appreciate it. If you have anything else you want to say, go ahead and throw it over to us at whoareyoub5 at gmail.com. And we'll do a mailbag segment a couple weeks into season three. Yeah. But for now, let's talk about some episodes, Laura. Yeah. Do you have a favorite episode this season you want to talk about? do think I have a favorite episode this season, but first I want to give some like runner-up acknowledgements to some that are special place in my heart. Okay. So my runners up for favorite episode would kind of be two episodes that they took something that was a story device that was really popular at the time that all this was written, and they made it into a Babylon 5 story. So we've got Gropos, you know, the mm-hmm. war story it's told in a certain kind of way. That was really special to me and very memorable. And then, and now for a word, took that whole Dateline 2020 (laughs) kind of news show that was just all over in the 90s. And my parents watched all of them, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and made it into a Babylon 5 story. And I thought those were really special moments of season two that I liked a lot. Very memorable. But they just couldn't quite get to favorite episode for me, but I wanted to give them some love for me. My one favorite episode would be Coming of Shadows. Yeah. And I think that that was an award winner for reasons, yes. <laughs> obvious reasons. So much happened that was so important for the plot, really drove that story forward. 100%. What about you, Jafar? I will also throw a shout out to, and now for a word, it's a fantastic yeah. episode and just so good. It's so well done. But I think my favorite episode of the season is Geometry of Shadows. Oh, Okay. Do tell. So that's the early season one with the techno mage. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And it's just, it's so good. It's got so much good veer in it, but it mm-hmm. also has, and we'll get to it when we do our who was the ones, but it's got my favorite quote from the season. Oh, fantastic. And just the character of Alric and the idea of techno mages in general mm-hmm. is something so interesting to me. I just, it's you always know been, more. You do. And you don't yeah. get a lot. Yeah. Even in Crusade, where a techno mage is like one of the main characters of the show. <laughs> so they didn't all go away, I guess. Or they came back. Well, <laughs> I, I haven't seen Crusade. I think we've been over that. So, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, what was your least favorite episode this season? My least favorite episode. And there was so much good this season. It's almost yeah. hard to pick a least favorite episode, but mine oh, I would got be. One easy. <laughs> Yeah, 
<laughs> I, I started looking over the list and it popped out to me right away. The Long Dark, not a good look for Franklin throughout the whole episode. For sure. Yeah, just just really bad sci-fi doctor tropes. It's all right. I'm a doctor. You know, mm-hmm. and, and the from the 90s. And I think that maybe they're the crux of the plot, which is, you know, that we've got this ship that was out here for a long time and, and somebody wakes up on it. It's a good idea. It's a good story plot. But the execution with the doctor fell really flat for me. Yeah. So that would be my least favorite episode of the season. Well, I'm going to honorable mention Gropos here. Okay. <laughs> um, I know you just honorable mentioned Gropos. it for favorite. I did have a lot of feelings on Gropos. <laughs> and I will say it is very good at making me feel bad. But that's not why I don't want to. Okay. I just, I, I, I didn't f- have fun watching that episode. I didn't feel entertained. I just got stressed. Uh-huh. Yeah. But that's not my actual, my, my actual pick is Spider in the Web, I think is probably the worst episode of the season. Okay. You're going to have to remind me of that one. Oh, remember the the one where they send someone to kill Talia? Oh, right. Even though she's a sleeper agent for them? <laughs> yeah. It's literally the same organization. Yeah, that is a weird thing yeah. to introduce. Yep, and it, it doesn't really come back ever either. I think those two are right in a row, too, the Long Dark and Spider in the Web. They're very close mm-hmm. to one another. Yeah, I think they're they're in that like seven, eight, nine stretch of the season without having it in uh-huh. front of me. Yeah, no, that that does just kind of serve to like confuse the whole psychor plots. <laughs> it For doesn't, sure, doesn't make anything clearer. Yeah. All right, so we did this one last time too. Is the underdog episode? So having yeah. seen the series before, we both have fond memories of certain episodes, and we have some not yeah. so fond memories of certain episodes. What mm-hmm. is an episode that you were dreading going into, but ended up really enjoying when you watched it? This might sound kind of surprising, especially given like all we've gone through in the past couple of years with an actual global pandemic. Oh, no. I was really (laughs) dreading Confessions and Lamentations. Yeah. I remember being a child and it making me cry. And and as an adult, it did make me cry. (laughs) I was surprised by its prescience, its relevance. I wouldn't have... You know, if we'd watched this at any other time, I still would have considered it a good episode, but I don't think I would have been as surprised by it as I was. So for me, it was an underdog. I was dreading it because I remembered what this is about and what happens to everyone. And it still made me sad. It did. But I thought it was so strong, even if some of the science was a little wishy-washy now that we're all a little more exposed to (laughs) <laughs> term science virus science you know yeah it really surprised me i thought i was going to hate every second of it and i did not so what about you what's your underdog my underdog episode this season is comes the inquisitor oh okay so i really liked it on this rewatch uh-huh. and on my last rewatch i wasn't as i've admitted a number of times i was not really paying super close attention to the show i was just kind of burning my way through it streaming it to just watch it and I thought on that rewatch that, oh, God, you know, Jack the Ripper, this is hokey. It's kind of weird, torture porny at times. And okay. it just didn't vibe with me at all. Yeah. Yeah. And on the rewatch and playing, paying a lot closer attention, you know, it's about Delenn and what she is willing to sacrifice. You know, it's about building that 
real strength between her and Sheridan. It's about making you question who the Vorlons are and what they're actually in the, what their actual intentions are. And the Jack the Ripper bit is kind of just like, it's what I remembered going in. And I forgot that we get like one half-assed, like, all they remember is Jack is the only thing they say. And it's the last line of the episode. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even like they were beating you up with it the entire time. Uh-huh. And I was really surprised by that. And I really enjoyed it on this rewatch. Okay. I'll accept that. All right. Well, now we get to go to our buddy Zathras. Or or was it Zathras? Or maybe it was Zathras. It might have been Zathras. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he got it. Not the one. And ask, who is the one? All right. So first up, Laura, who is the one character that best represents this season? In some ways, this is the hardest question, I think, because there's so much that you could pick. For me, the one character that best represents this season would be, I think, Londo, because he okay. drives so much of the plot with his actions. Mm-hmm. And this man, we watch him over and over in the episodes where he is faced with some sort of ethical dilemma or a big choice. He's reminded by his subordinate, Veer, several times, you don't have to do this. You don't have to make this choice. But he's driven by this crazy sense of history mm-hmm. and pride. You might even call it patriarchy that we have to return to this glory. We have to do these things. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't see his own personal power in this situation that he could walk away from certain things. Yes. And even when he's told explicitly, because perhaps because this person is underneath him, doesn't have the same societal power, does not listen to them, does not see, you know, he thinks this person couldn't possibly understand, perhaps, mm-hmm. because they're in a different position. And he just over and over again chooses poorly (laughs) and makes some really monstrous choices with his power he's probably the you know you talked about in this season there was a lot of you can't trust the people at power Mm -hmm. and he's the one we've gotten closest to right we we liked londo in season one we saw him chumming it up with garibaldi we saw him you know being kind of a lovable scamp who was on the downswing and and on the the downside of his career and drinking and coasting and we we fell in love with his antics and mm-hmm. now he's becoming a monster. Yeah. So for me, he is the one character that represents this season. Hundred percent. So tell me, Jafar, who has the one best quote from this season? Alric the Techno Mage, and it's actually very closely related to what you were just talking about with Lando. Okay. It is their interaction in Space mm-hmm. TSA when he's on his way out, where he, he tells Lando he's been touched by in darkness. I see it as a blemish that will grow in time. I could warn you, but you would not listen. I could kill you, but someone else would take your place. So I do the only thing I can. I go. <laughs> you know, and then he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, I believe you. it is an endorsement you wanted. A word or two, a picture to send to the folks back home, confirming that you had a destiny before you. And Lando says, yes, it was just a thought, nothing more. And Alric says, we'll take this for what little it will profit you. As I look at you, Ambassador Malari, I see a great hand reaching out of the stars. The hand is your hand. And I hear the sounds, the sounds of billions of people calling your name. 
And Lundo goes, my followers. And he responds, your victims. Man, we did not talk about these two things, but those dovetailed really well. Yes. <laughs> Man. That's uh, episode two or three of season two. Yeah, it's at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps going. Yep. Very foreshadowy. All right, Laura, who is the one best guest star this season? Okay, so this season did have a few memorable ones. I feel like they're front-loaded at the season. For instance, in Geometry of Shadows, the Technomage is a fantastic guest star. For me, the one best guest star, I'll pick Paul Winfield, who was General Franklin. Okay. Uh, he's a very memorable guy, and he puts so much into the Franklin character. And I'm talking about Dr. Franklin here. Like, we really get to understand and learn a lot about Dr. Franklin through his father. Yes. And through their interactions. And I always love a good complicated dad relationship to look at in media. And they definitely have a complicated one with mm -hmm. being a military family and not just a military family. That comes with all kinds of layers in itself, right? But he mm -hmm. is... The general. He's one of the famous generals. He's one of the big guys, the big wigs. Yeah. And that is a very complicated relationship to have, especially when your son chooses to go into a career of saving all life mm -hmm. and you have spent your life fighting life. So other types of life. Yeah. Very interesting. What about you? Who is your one best guest star? Got to give a shout out to Dwight Schultz acting his ass off in the long dark. I agree. It's not a particularly good episode. It's Franklin's behavior yeah. in it is completely just unbearable. But the scenes we get with Amis, Amis, whatever. It's spelled Amis, but it's pronounced something. Is, Amis, is Amis, Amis, I'm not Amis sure. Is all great. Uh, Dwight Schultz uh -huh. is just loving the moment, living in it, just screaming his brains out, having a blast. Yeah, yeah. he is. I mean... He's frequent flyer in Star Trek, right? He plays yeah. such unique characters. He is probably the, like the biggest guest star get of the season. Yeah. For me. All right. Laura, who is the best one-off character? My favorite one-off that we see it once in this season, and I don't remember if she comes back, and it doesn't really matter because she was so memorable and important, is Team Oz. In that, the Soulmates episode where we see Londo's three wives... All very distinct ladies, all very interesting in their own way. But Timov has the most spunk and fire and mm -hmm. even the venom. You know, she is a feisty little lady and I love everything about her. She was my favorite one-off character. I would love if she comes back later. I just don't remember if she does. I feel like maybe once we get to the Centauri Homewards would be a great time. Just don't remember if that happens or not. <laughs> but she's she's amazing. I love that fighting spirit within her yeah what is your one best bit in the season we like to highlight that this is a very funny show with lots of funny moments so yes. pick one all of the green and purple drowsy stuff yeah um, is hilarious especially with ivanova just becoming green leader and making everyone on the green team become purple team <laughs> <laughs> you're all gonna look smashing <laughs> right. It's such such a good moment and such a fun solution to that problem. Yeah. That is a great episode for her. I don't even remember the other parts of that episode. <laughs> I I loved her, you know, and the way they work in the fact that she did have a 
you know, broken foot or broken leg. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. She's on crutches. She's doing this <laughs> awful job and she wraps it up really well. Yeah. That's a great bit. All right. Well, I'll turn that back over to you, Laura. What is your favorite bit? What is the one best bit this season? I really enjoy the merch bit because it <laughs> really was very self-aware about sci-fi communities and, and what we do with our favorite franchises. Mm -hmm. And and we we want to, everything to be licensed and we want a bunch of merch. And I'm absolutely there. I want all the dolls. <laughs> I've got four of the action figures up behind me on the wall right now. Yep. I think that after this episode, there's so much of the community that wanted that teddy bear, Bear Belongs 5, all about it. We all want the models. We all want the ships. Mm -hmm. Give me that merch. Yeah. I mean, we've even brought the merch into the show. Like, that's <laughs> how important it is to us as human beings. Like, I, I love that the show was self-aware with that. Mm -hmm. What is for you the one best actor living it up moment what is your your favorite scene this goes back to your one-off i'm going to give it to timov specifically there is a scene where in med lab after she donates the blood where she oh, is just yes. so done with everything mm -hmm. and it's so good and just uh jane carr just living it up also you know she was a friend of peter jurassic they've done uh another show before this together so uh, oh, just okay. seeing them go back and forth and she was just loving it the whole time. Clearly it was great. Yeah. She was fantastic. And that moment was great. How about you? What is your best actor living it up moment? I guess that we just really liked the feisty lady moments on this show because my, my uh, best actor living it up moment is when Talia loses her mind after the other personality is revealed. Is it the control personality? I forget mm -hmm. with all that convoluted yeah. psycho stuff. But when she's just screaming at everyone, she's being restrained. We get her like sexy hair that indicates she's now evil. Mm -hmm. And she's just so heartless and spicy. And I think that Andrea Thompson had a lot of fun with that. I think that she really got to just let her let it all out. Yeah. Knowing that this was her character leaving. Mm -hmm. I got an interesting one for you, Jafar. Yeah. Because we certainly critiqued Mr. Garibaldi's homeschool security style. We've thrown some shade. Well deserved. <laughs> yes. So what is the one moment that you wished anybody but Garibaldi was in charge of security? <laughs> it happens kind of early in the season, but a head of state is assassinated on Babylon 5. <laughs> you know, it's kind of iffy if the Centauri Emperor, uh, if Emperor uh, Turin dies of old age or not. But for mm -hmm. him to pass at the exact same moment the Prime Minister is assassinated, yeah, that's there's no way that's coincidence. Mm -hmm. And the Prime Minister died, you know, it's like at the literally the exact same moment. It, that was meditated. He was poisoned or something. Rifa totally killed him. Mm -hmm. And for that to happen seven or eight episodes after you just let the earth president get bombed after passing through B5. <laughs> <laughs> like not a good track record, Mr. Garibaldi with visiting heads of state. So I'd like yeah. to see anyone else in charge because they don't even acknowledge it. It's like nothing happened. 
when mm-hmm. the Centauri Emperor dies, they're just sad. Yeah. It's like, come the fuck on. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, he was old. Well, you know, <laughs> old people can still get whacked. Let's <laughs> just say. <laughs> All right. Well, let's give a shout out to the Podcasting Guild and their uh, review of Babylon 5. They just started season two and they're referring to Sheridan as Captain's stepdad. So in honor of that, I'm going to ask you, Laura, what's your best, one best stepdad Sheridan moment? Yeah, because last uh, recap, as you skipped that or don't remember, we had our best Sinclair dad moment because he was our dad, right? Mm -hmm. And now we've got stepdad in charge. (laughs) (laughs) I think the most quintessential stepdad moment or like stereotypical stepdad thing that one could do is come in and say, this thing that you've been doing, you have to stop doing that. You can't do this hobby anymore. I will not allow it. And (laughs) Captain Sheridan goes after Warren Kiefer's little expeditions out into hyperspace looking for his ghost and Mm -hmm. doesn't give him any explanation, just says, you will not do that anymore. And we all know, because we are viewers and we know the reasons behind Sheridan's logic, but poor Keffer doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) And that is just a very mean stepdad thing to do. Say, you can't do your hobby anymore. And so Mm -hmm. I thought that was a a very, like, it dovetailed nicely with the idea of Sheridan as our stepdad. All right. So, Jafer. Yes. What is the one best moment in this episode where you got goosebumps? Goosebumps. I would have to say when we see Lando's reflection mm. over Narn as they're uh, using the gravity drivers, yeah. I literally paused, looked down, and had goosebumps at that moment. Oh, yeah. It's just like seeing the weight of everything hit him at once. The the regret mm-hmm. in that face and in that reflection. The fear. Yeah. The understanding that you've totally stepped out of your beyond your league yeah how about you did you have a moment where you got a goose or a chicken bumps depending on what part of the world you're in i do believe my moment is in the same episode it was a heavy episode it was a very heavy episode you know coming of shadows gets a lot of love but this one also is a big deal this is the long twilight struggle right mm-hmm. it comes later and it's jakar's speech when he is mm. being told the Centauri's demands and that he is no longer an ambassador. He's merely a citizen. And he basically can't leave Babylon 5 because he had requested sanctuary there and Sheridan is granting it. And it's when he says, no dictator, no invader can hold an imprisoned population by force of arms forever. There is no greater power in the universe than the need for freedom. Against that power, tyrants and dictators cannot stand. The Centauri learned that lesson once. We will teach them again. Although it take a thousand years, we will be free. And we've seen that quote a lot, just even in this last year, yeah. with the situation going on in, in Russia and Ukraine. It almost immediately started popping up. And it's just such a universal idea. And it really, it really got to me. Yeah, understandably so. Okay, Jafar. Lightening it back up a little. Who is the one B-plot character? You know, somebody we see just very little of Mm -hmm. in kind of a side on the episode who should have gotten more screen time. I'm going to throw this out to Guinevere Corey, Sheridan's lawyer from the episode where he was going to be prosecuted. 
of course, Julie Caitlin Brown, who played Natoth in season one. Every scene she's in, she's very commanding and mm-hmm. it's great. But she comes in like two thirds into the way of the episode and is made irrelevant very quickly as the plot <laughs> starts shame. to wrap itself up. Like he just uh-huh. doesn't need a lawyer because this is all getting taken care of off the books. And I just shame. really would have loved for her to have been there like immediately. Mm-hmm. Like she was a lawyer on the station or got s- dispatched significantly earlier just to get some more screen time with her because she was a fucking delight. Yeah. I mean, there's room on this show for a lawyer character somewhere, right? Like for sure. Babylon 5 is a big fucking deal. It needs a lawyer. <laughs> they tried making a judge in season one. Right. I remember Ombudsman, but then they killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Ombuds Wellington, right? Yeah. We killed him. <laughs> oh, well. It was nice to know there was an idea of a legal system in this universe. Yeah. All right, Laura. Who is the one character who showed the most growth this season? I mean, we could take this all the way back to the first question and argue for Londo. It's growth is not always a good thing, right? You can grow mm-hmm. in a bad direction, but I'm going to take it in a, a better place. And I think. The most growth in this season is Jakar. Okay. Because we see him go through a lot and we see Andreas really act it up over various episodes. We see him being really humbled. We see him having to fight for his right to leadership. Mm-hmm. We see his we see his leadership question quite a bit by his own Selenar on the station, it seems like. And we see him go through a big transformation. I think was it the last episode that we talked about this? It was very recent. Yeah. That we felt, we both felt like Jakar had really turned in this yeah. season from that kind of comical, snidely whiplash kind of villain in, you know, the very first of season one. And he's really become an underdog that we really want to root for. A hundred percent. Oh, and it was his, it was his moment with Garibaldi where he had the turn. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. When he didn't disappoint Garibaldi. Yeah. So for me, the character showing the most growth is Jakar. Who is the one character showing the most growth for you, Jaffer? Well, I think you've got the correct answer for the overall uh-huh. season. But in the interest of talking about something else, mm-hmm. Sheridan really comes into his own over the course of the season. And not just in a, as he feels like the captain of the station, but also he grows significantly. You know, he comes in, and he's kind of this like hotshot military guy who's kind of a conspiracy nut. And he has an existing relationship with Ivanova, but <laughs> he doesn't really have much of else with anyone. You know, yeah. he steps Especially up. Especially not the aliens. Yeah. Yeah. He saves Garibaldi's life. Yeah. Well, that's actually a super good point, too. He has kind of an existing relationship with some of the League of Non-Aligned Worlds mm-hmm. uh, from his days on the Agamemnon. But the Mimbari hate him. Yeah. He has a bad reputation there, for sure. And so for his growth and also just like his growth personally with learning to trust a Mimbari and become friends with a Mimbari and really putting himself out there and doing that stuff and becoming more cultured and becoming more of a citizen of the station than a visiting military captain. Yeah, for sure. All right. Last question. What is the one moment we wished Sinclair was still here for? This is maybe an odd choice, but I really wish... We could see how comes the Inquisitor would have gone with Sinclair. Because Sinclair and Sheridan have very different vibes, right? Sheridan's a little bit more confrontational, a little bit 
more aggressive almost. You know, you, mm-hmm. you mentioned before that Sinclair had a real wisdom feel about him. So I'd be curious to see how he would have handled that with Jack the Ripper. Yeah. You know, Sheridan kind of comes in guns a-blazing to rescue Delenn. How would Sinclair do that? I'm just very curious. He probably would have been there the whole time. Yeah, he would have been there in Delenn's place. He would be the one being inquisited. I think so. I think that would be the one that Kosh is more interested in compared to Delenn. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. You could play it as Delenn is the more trusted one and, and Kosh is coming to examine Sinclair instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Because Sheridan's so new, he's kind of... it's it's He's not out of the picture because he's doing those sessions with Kosh, but that's something mm-hmm. that Sinclair didn't have. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like he would be more interested in testing Sinclair than Sheridan, for sure. Yeah, good point. That's it for season two. Yeah, what a journey. It's a great season. I think it it's one of my favorites. I mean, they're all my favorites except for five. I really enjoyed season one going back. I liked it a lot more than I initially did. Mm, uh, yeah, same. Season two, I can say the same thing for, and I liked season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've always liked season two. I really enjoyed watching it with a little more critical eye of some of our main characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember feeling as a child just complete and total trust in the system and Sheridan's actions and Garibaldi's actions. And, you know, we've had a lot of examination as a culture in the last 20 years of mm-hmm. power and systems. And it's been interesting to look and see, like, oh, wait, you know, all these things that were coded as, oh, Sheridan's a badass, Garibaldi's <laughs> a badass, and just looking and being like, actually, no. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes being a badass is not good or going to work out. And really reexamining that was interesting. And, you know, I did kind of realize that my my original assumption of it gets good when Sheridan shows up. No, it was it was good before Sheridan showed up. And then you kind of got to mm-hmm. push back on him a little bit as a character and reexamine some of his actions and words and choices. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. You know, season two, lots of changes, but lots of build for what's coming. And we got season three, the point of no return right around the corner. Yeah, best theme. Yeah, best theme. Before we get to that, we're going to do book club next week, and then we're going to take two weeks off. And yeah, then we'll be back with season three. I'm so excited. I just, I do remember season three as being the action and where it's all at. Into season four as well, but I'm I'm ready. Let's let's get into the action. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you to Jeremy Siegel for a lovely theme song. You can find more of his music at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com. And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. And go ahead and throw us an email, whoareub5 at gmail.com. Join our Discord. And uh, we'll see you next week, Internet. Yeah, thanks for being here. Appreciate you all. We'll see ya.